Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. The podcast is coming out a little bit early because I thought, I mean, on Christmas day, I know that not all, everyone's celebrating different things. On that day, you're not really listening to podcasts. You're probably hanging out with family members, doing stuff. Maybe you're trying to stop your Aunt Petunia from harassing you about the gingerbread cookies. You've already, you're kind of in it. It's kind of hard to like dip out and listen to a podcast on your own. So, which is why I'm releasing this just a little bit early on a Thursday so that you can have this extra early to listen to it. That being said, I really wanted to dedicate today's episode to family uh, issues, (laughs) tactics to help you deal with triggering times um, with your family, because I know that food is a big trigger around the holidays. There's lots of cookies everywhere, decadent food, that sort of stuff. But I've talked a lot about that. If you are having trouble dealing with that, go to my older holiday episodes. They'll certainly help you out. But I really want to talk today about family because that can be a huge trigger for lots of people or just people that you see around the holidays that you don't normally see that are very triggering to you. I noticed this coming a lot up a lot for my clients. I know it's a big thing for most people and it's a big thing for me, honestly. I know that when I get home, certain family members are going to say certain things I'm sure my mom was going to say something. And as best as I try to stay emotionally mature, I turn into a teenager and I'm like, mom, I'm my own fucking person. Um, leave me alone. So I'm going to try to help you guys not do that and not want to turn to binging to cope. There are much, many more things you can do to help yourself and kind of be emotionally mature and self-soothe. And you don't necessarily need your family members to behave differently to do this. Before we begin, though, I wanted to say it's a holiday gift for you. My Binge Breakers Recovery course that's specifically for recovering from bulimia and how to eat normally and intuitive eating, that is on sale now till January 3rd. So if you would like to be a part of that program, the price is the lowest it's ever been. Right now, you can join it by um, going to the description down below or just going to bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course. And that will take you and give you all the details you need and access the sale that's going on right now. And remember, there's no better time to recover. So if you feel like you love this podcast, the course is that on steroids. Um, and there's a lovely community in there. Someone just posted today about their um, what they're worried about when it comes to holidays. And people are so supportive with those types of posts in the community because they all get it. So if you're looking for some sort of supportive community who's also working towards the same goals as you, excellent place to go. Anyway, let's move on to the podcast though. So the first thing you want to do when you're, maybe you're going home for the holidays, maybe family members are visiting your house, whatever it is, I want you to manage your expectations. For some reason, we think that this is the year that things are going to be totally different. This is the year that things are going to change. And I I think it's good to have goals, but it's unrealistic to expect other people to change, even if though it's totally possible for them to change. It's not realistic to expect your Aunt Petunia, who's been 
you know, conditioned for, for 50 years or so, the same things over and over and over again, expecting her not to make rude comments, maybe comment on, ask you questions about your weight or your body, um, maybe ask you about your life, like how you're raising your kids or when are you going, going to have kids, something like that, or who are you dating that just, it's realistic to expect her that she's going to ask those things, not because she's trying to offend you, but just because she thinks that it's appropriate in whatever way. And she thinks it's important to ask for whatever reason, probably because of her years and years of societal conditioning and how she grew up and all of her own sort of trauma and um, <laughs> the values that she took on. It's not because she's a terrible person. It's just because that is what she believes is right and important. So manage your expectations around that. It's going to be a lot worse for you if you expect that, oh, they're not going to do these things. And if they, they do those things, I'm going to be totally fine. Like it's best to expect that they're going to say things that are going to annoy you. And you're going to have the initial response of wanting to be defensive or wanting to shut down or wanting to go binge, whatever it is, the more you can expect those things, the less surprising they are when, when it happens. And the problem is sometimes when things that are offensive happen to people, they tend to not only be upset by the thing, but then they spend a lot of time in shock about it. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe she said that, blah, 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 blah. It's better to just move past that and be like, they said it, it did happen. Yes, yes, yes. And then ask yourself, what do I want to do about it? Now your brain's initial response to family members is going to be like, that's hurtful. Don't say that. I like, uh, screw them. Or, or let's say they comment specifically on your weight. Maybe they say, I have one of my clients said this, who's always worried about her weight. She said, I think my dad is going to say, you look healthy, which to a lot of people isn't an offensive comment, but to her, it's kind of like, that means she's gained weight. Doesn't mean that she's achieved the thin look that she wants to achieve. Therefore, she's going to think that he thinks I'm fat. He thinks that I've gained weight. He thinks that I've let things go. This is a sign that I'm letting things go. Her mind is just going to spiral for whatever reason, right? For those reasons, that's what she translates it. You are not responsible for what other people say, but you are responsible for your own thoughts about what they say. A lot of people will tell me, they make me feel this way. They make me feel bad. They make me feel insecure. They make me feel unseen, unheard, whatever, unvalidated. They make me feel bad about myself. And I think it's always important to point out that they don't make you feel anything. They say something and you have thoughts about it. Especially I think this example of saying you look healthy is very, very interesting because to a lot of people that would be a perfectly nice thing to say, oh, you look healthy. Maybe someone could translate that to, oh, you have healthy skin. You look like you're um, really fit. You look like you're doing a great job. Uh, you look like you're taking care of yourself. But to this person, it means you've gained weight. You look fat. You look terrible. You're letting yourself go. Even though that person never said that, that person probably meant it as a compliment, nothing, right? So how is it that two different people can have two different opinions about what one person said? So it's not really what the person says, it's what you think about it. Now, I know sometimes people say meaner things, like you should, um, like, why haven't you had kids yet? You're, you're totally like, you're reaching your clock or whatever, it's kind of like mean, or someone, someone blatantly says like, if you gain weight, it's inappropriate, right? But you still don't have to think, oh my God, they're right. I probably have gained weight. That's a bad thing. You don't have to necessarily agree with them when they say those things. Your initial reaction will probably be that, but I want you to curiously watch your reactions. And I know that sounds so fluffy, 
but really try to go into this Christmas with the intention of when people say things, I'm first of all going to notice my reactions as if I'm watching my brain from an outside perspective. It's going to be hard, especially if you're not used to doing this, but the more practice you get, the actually easier it goes. But if you can just for one time watch it with an outside perspective, you can almost think, interesting, this person said, have you gained weight? And I made it mean a whole bunch of things about myself. All they asked is, have I gained weight, which is a yes or no kind of answer. And it's just a factual thing. They could think that's a good thing for all you know. You could, maybe they think you look better if you have gained weight, but you're making it mean tons of other stuff. And then I want you to think, what do I want to think on purpose about what this person is saying? My favorite go-tos aren't, that means totally peaches and roses and good things. That's kind of, again, fluffy and not realistic. I like to think this person is just unaware of what they're saying and they're wrong. For example, my mom, I love my mother, by the way. Now I discuss her, but some, sometimes she can be a little triggering. Hopefully she's not listening to this. Um, but my parents in general, I know that they are proud of me for what I'm doing, but they their dreams for me are to get a more realistic career and to be in a career where I'm working for someone, where I am in a secure job by their definition, right? But the funny thing is, if I were in any, any other job, it could still be just as in, in like not secure, right? I could get fired at any moment at the job. So they're probably going to say something along the lines to me of, Jacqueline, like, you know, so, you know, how, like, is the security of business okay? How's it doing? Do you, are you going to do that forever? Um, questions like that. And I can easily interpret that, interpret that as they don't believe in me. They, they might be right. Maybe I should get a real job, even though this is a real job, all that sort of stuff. But instead though, I prefer to think they don't know what they are talking about <laughs> because they don't technically, they're not in my job every single day. They don't live my life. They're not seeing the progress that I'm seeing. They're not seeing the lives that I'm changing, all that sort of stuff. So people just sometimes don't know. And that's why they say what you would interpret as stupid stuff, right? So when you are having a family member, let's say your aunt Petunia comes up and she's like, have you gained weight? You could be offended by that. Or you could just make it mean that they don't know what they're talking about. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. Who, who the fuck knows, right? Why is she commenting my body? I'm going to move on. But I really, really, really want you to take responsibility for your own emotions during this time. I was talking to another people, another person on uh, the free group coaching call I did this weekend. And this person was talking about how she doesn't feel seen or heard when she goes home. And she was also thinking like, they don't want me there. And I asked her, Do, did they say that? Did they say that we don't want you here? We don't like you. And she said, no. And I was like, why do you think that they don't like you? She said, it's just the vibe I get, right? And I told her, I was like, okay, well, they haven't told you don't come. They've still invited you to hang out with this place. And they, it seems like they do love you. They say that they love you. Maybe they just aren't best friends with you. There's a difference, right? It's all about her interpretation. And I asked her also, what exactly do you need to feel seen and heard? Because a lot of people say that, right? It's kind of a buzz term, like, I need to feel seen, heard, validated. And I agree that is important for a lot of people. It sucks to be in relationships where you don't feel seen or heard. But in these temporary times, when we go to visit relatives and stuff like that, it's a little unrealistic for them to behave the, in the perfect way you'd expect the relationship to be overnight. It's more realistic for you to say, okay, what do I need? What does being seen or heard even mean? And for me, I'll, I'll tell you what it means to me. Being seen, um, is being like acknowledged 
or whatever for the things that I'm doing for the human being that I am. Sometimes when I'm with my parents, I can feel like I'm being seen as a teenager, not a full grown adult. And then being heard kind of the same things, like feeling like my needs are being met and recognized. But the problem is you can't expect people, you can't control people, right? So you can make requests of them all you want, but they could just say no, 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 or just do the exact opposite of what you want them to do or just not do it properly. So then how do you feel like seen or heard when you are trying to um, rely on that for other people? And what I'm going to say is that you shouldn't be relying on your relatives and family members to be seen or heard. Now, of course, this is not to say to, to try to make those goals in your relationship over time. Of course, try to talk to them, communicate with them over time to build a relationship where you guys both feel happier. Of course, talk to them about your needs and stuff like that. But I'm saying for this day or these times where you have to be in close confinement with them, while you should still communicate with them, it's also important to realize that they're not going to get it overnight and that you have to be seen and heard by yourself first before you before you try to force anyone else to see or hear you. You know what I mean? Um, hopefully you do. <laughs> what I mean is that um, I, for example, would like my parents to view me as a professional adult, right? And I don't know if they'll ever view me that way. I just don't know. So I have to keep reinforcing myself that no matter what they say, I am a professional, functional adult. And for you, it could be something of doing like whatever I need to do. I am a functional, worthwhile being who deserves emotional support from herself or from himself or whoever. Um, and I don't have to rely on other people to do it. So hopefully that makes sense. You basically have to validate yourself first, especially if no one else is validating you and keep doing that intentionally thinking that way. Other ways too, that you can try to emotionally soothe yourself and emotionally um, take care of yourself is first of all, sometimes removing yourself from the situation, going on a walk would be the best thing, or just stepping outside, getting some fresh air. That would be really, really helpful. Maybe doing some stretching, sometimes giving yourself a little hug in private. I heard that can be helpful. I don't do that, but I have heard that that is a way to self-soothe. It's just like either wrapping a blanket around yourself or just giving yourself a little hug, like a tight grip hug can feel very, very nice and comforting if that is what you need, right? Or like massaging your shoulders or something like that. Something physical and comforting can be really, really helpful in those times where you're carrying a lot of tension. Even if you can't escape outside, tell someone, hey, I'm going to the bathroom and escape to the bathroom for five minutes. I know sometimes the bathroom can be really triggering for a lot of us as we struggle with bulimia, but sometimes it's the only place where you can get some peace and quiet and no one is going to interrupt you, especially if you have kids or something like that. That's usually still place where you can find. Also, what's important about these little breaks is that you're getting a sensory break. Sometimes, especially I find that when there are too many people around, when my family members are talking, especially some of my family members can be really chatty. And I know it sounds funny because I'm a podcast host and I talk to clients, but I am someone who um, can be overstimulated too much by conversation. Like if people are talking too much, that really can trigger me. So sometimes it's helpful for me, for me to just get a break from the noise and go outside so I can mentally clear my brain and feel better. Also, you could try to find one support person in your family. So maybe you don't get along with your whole family, 
but there's one person you can turn to and talk to, consider that having them for an accountability or being able to pull them aside if you need to and talk to them. Um, also, just even if it's a friend, you can text or maybe you have a support like group, a Facebook group that you can tune into and post there when you need some accountability. Or, you know, my clients still text me because I'm working with them as a one-on-one coach. So those are all the options, you know, for like some support as well during these times. That's really important. Also, lastly, something that I love doing when I am just very angry, (laughs) very, very angry, um, ruminating over something, or I'm very emotionally charged by whatever it is. And I feel like I can't stop thinking about this one thing. It won't, and that's not true, but I just want to keep on thinking about it. I feel like it's important. Sometimes when all else fails and you feel like you can't tell the person that you're ruminating over about this, sometimes writing a letter either by hand or writing, I've used my notes on my phone so many times for this, writing a letter, listing out every single thing that you're specifically upset about and writing about those things and then either deleting it or ripping it up, or you can save it and read it later if you really want to. Um, But I find just the act of getting out your thoughts onto paper or screen can be really, really helpful in feeling like you've you've again been seen, been heard, worked out part of the problem that you need to do. Um, This can be very, very therapeutic. You don't ever give it to the person. Um, Maybe you can bring up some of the points that you were down later, but that really helps you make sense of things and feels like you've done something about it, even though you've just written out a letter. But getting awareness around your emotions and why you're upset is half of the battle when it comes to feeling validated and heard from other people. So I find that oftentimes we just try to suppress things and push them down when really we need to be again, seen and heard. And this is a great way to do that. You, again, to be seen and heard by yourself first and foremost, and make sure you understand exactly why you're upset. Sometimes also I've written it down and after writing furiously for a good 10 minutes, I start to come to conclusions on my own and start to realize that this actually isn't a big deal, but it felt like a big deal in my head because all my thoughts were swirling around and was kind of confusing. So that can be helpful too. And lastly, again, I've said this many times before, but you're welcome to state your boundaries with your family members and you're welcome to just not talk to them or remove yourself from the conversation or just not go or have them over. You're allowed to not see people, even if they're blood related to you, that is not um, a free pass to sacrifice your mental health. So you're allowed to take spaces from people. You're allowed to remove yourself from situations. You do not have to do anything you do not want to do. This, this Christmas season, this holiday season, whatever you're celebrating, whatever time in life you're doing, you never have to do something you don't wanna do. So please remember that, especially when you're having peer pressure from family members to see, do certain things in your life, eat certain things in front of them, um, be behave in certain ways. You do not have to measure up to their expectations. That does not make you better or like you won in any way. You just need to know your own expectations and keep working towards them. Your expectations of yourself are the most important ones that you have, and they may even be unrealistic. But as long as you are happy with yourself, and that takes work sometimes, that is all that matters. You do not need other people's opinions of you to make you happy or fulfilled in life. Okay, I hope you guys have a lovely, lovely holiday season, wherever you're at in the world, whatever you're doing, whatever you're celebrating. Look out for the podcast next week. I'll talk to you soon. Never give up on yourself, my friend. Bye.